0: Five hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss, getting rid of old clothes.
1: Oh, my old bell
0: bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five hour energy. Energy for hunkering down.
2: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some
3: fun. 400 vibes. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. We'll make it happen. We know what we got to
2: do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: Welcome
1: to the sold-out 2018 Daytona 500.
4: Drivers, start your engines! Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four. No one ever thought he would contend for the win.
2: Daytona
4: 500 winner, come on.
0: <laughs> Hell of a job, buddy. Hell of a job. That's what I mean. You want it.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our string From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody.
5: Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live, the post-Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley, along with the rest of the MRN crew, here with you. And on today's show, we'll hear from the top two finishers of the great American race. Austin Dillon took the checkered flag, took the legendary number three back to Gatorade Victory Lane at Daytona, and a driver that has moved the needle a lot since speed weeks began. Daryl Bubba Wallace took the king to a second-place finish in the great american race as well also coming up today kim coon sat down with tony stewart for an exclusive one-on-one conversation about his race team in 2018 and his upcoming nuptials it's a great interview You'll, you'll want to stick around and check it out we'll also preview a new podcast series called the 1993 season 25 years later we've got this week in nascar history a preview of the race at atlanta this week and a whole lot more but first Let's look back at this year's Daytona 500 with a NASCAR Live Backtracks.
2: So we are getting ready to put them under the green flag. Glad you are with us on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in Daytona Beach, Florida, the Daytona 500.
3: We're going to do it like we've always done, fighting all day to the black and white. Good luck in there, buddy. Well, I'm Lots going to happen coming to the green this time. Let's have a great day today.
1: 10 got you lots clear. Ten four. 4 NASCAR is...
4: What we've been waiting for for the last three months, pace cars off pit road, and the green flag is waiting
2: for the Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin led the first 10 laps, but right now he's sitting on pit road,
4: Alex Hayden. He's just refired the engine, a one lap penalty for putting fuel in the car while the nose was over the line. That's pitting outside the box, one lap penalty for Hamlin. You can shut it off here if you want. Turn, turn right. Once we serve the penalty, can we service the car on the next stop? Yes, they're coming with the green now.
1: Oh,
0: God, that's a harsh penalty,
5: agree. Trouble back straightaway, Kyle Busch, flat left rear tire. Car just about broke loose on him, he'll gather it back up, Kyle Bush off the pace. Yeah, left rear is
1: down, Just don't tear the quarter panel apart.
0: Can only ask. Uh... Gas yes, man and only gas yes. left side.
2: Welcome back to Daytona under the caution flag. Let's go back to lap 28. Kyle Busch, flat left tire, came onto pit road. And just a moment ago, lap 50, another problem for Kyle over in turn three. Yeah, it looked like another issue for Kyle Busch, that M&M's Toyota. And it might have been another left rear tire. That car snapped around in turn three. Oh, we're wrecked, guys. We're
1: wrecked. Eh, bumper cover's torn off of it. Maybe he can drive it. Yeah, take it to the box. Same thing again, huh? Yep. Take it to the box.
0: Is the left rear wheel loose? Check the left rear wheel to see if the left rear wheel's loose. It's not, man. It's not rubbing either. I don't know what's going on. We got as much air as we always run. Oh,
5: Stenhouse and Blaney. Whoa, Stenhouse sideways. No, will hang on to the car. Four wide bumper cars. Eric Jones is around. So is Suarez. William
3: Byron. They're wrecking. They're wrecking. Back it down, back it down, back it down, back it down, back it down. They're going to slide down. They are going to slide down. Right, sir, I'm on. You're good here. Caution is out. Sure, we're going to be on the clock. Do you want to see him now? If the tires are up, go around. If the tires are up, I see a little bit of smoke, Darian. Look at the left. Tires are all right. I mean, a little vibration, but not bad.
6: Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we talked about the overheating problem. Just checked in with Doug Yates, the engine builder on that car. The front of the grill got pushed up, and that closed the opening on it. Stenhouse was able to come in. They were able to get the grill down a little bit.
3: Pull tape off your can. Pull tape off your hand. Pull tape
4: off your can. Put water in. Put water in. Pull rest tape off. Let's go, let's go, let's go, For rest, take And Matt Benedetto continues to hound that uh, that group of cars at the front of the field.
0: Yep, fun running up there with the lead?
3: Yeah, I'm still just mad at myself about the pit stop, but at
2: least we're sixth in the outside line. Sorry. Right. Pick that up. There's a whole lot of stuff going to happen in the next 20 minutes.
0: Alvaro to the inside, Kurt Busch spins, Ryan Blaney collected, and they're all piling in now. Bowman is caught up in it. Kurt Force pounds the outside wall for a second time. Sorry,
1: guys. You got a little fire underneath you. Check up. Turn left. Look for a fire truck here. You got a little fire. Go ahead and check up here. All right, guys. Good job today. Man, it was, I was tasting it.
4: Damn. Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four. No one ever thought he would contend for the win, but he's going to do it. He's going to win the 60th running
5: of the Daytona
3: 500. All the way back to the line here, Daytona 500 winner, come
0: on. Did we just f- win? Hell of a job, buddy. Hell of a job. That's what I mean. You won it. Just win, Andy. You it. Oh yeah, you want it. <laughs> Yes, sir. It is over.
1: You won. Congratulations.
5: That is awesome. That is all him. They do nothing today. It's all him. There it is. Austin Dillon, your 2018 Daytona 500 champion. He'll join us later in the show from New York City to talk about the biggest win of his career. Coming up next, we're going to go face to face with Tony Stewart and later Bubba Wallace joins us.
6: This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs. Did you know that with the loaner tool program at AutoZone, you can borrow a specialty tool with no purchase necessary? Choose from over 100 tools to help you get the job done right, no matter how big or small. And right now, get 5.25 ounces of Luca's Complete Fuel Treatment for $4.99 each or two for $8. Visit any of our 5,000 locations nationwide, and let's get you what you need. Deposit required. Restrictions and details in store.
7: Get in the zone. AutoZone. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box.
6: Oh, what a great audience.
0: Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you?
5: And now it's completely dark.
7: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: We go face-to-face with Tony Stewart next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live.
5: Over the weekend, Kim Coon had a chance to sit down with Cup Series champion Tony Stewart. They talked about a lot of things, including his team for 2018, tying the knot, and a whole lot more it's this week's nascar live face-to-face interview
8: what was your first memory of daytona
4: i remember oh man i couldn't even tell you what year it was i was a kid Um, i remember we pulled through the turn three and four tunnel with a a a little small pickup truck and a little wooden trailer with a go-kart on it and when we came out uh, on the infield side of the tunnel i turned around and looked and there was turns three and four in the banking i'm like oh my god this is huge and uh but i didn't have to worry about it because the go-karts we we (laughs) raced on the apron so after the race it was kind of cool because the kids the kids that i raced with in my class they said yeah after the races you know the timing and scoring was in the infield so Mm -hmm. when you went back out on the big track to finish the last lap uh, to come in, they said, get in, get in the middle of the banking, and and just let go of the steering wheel and cross your arms. And I'm like, you guys are crazy, because we ran 110 <laughs> mile yeah. an hour in these go karts.
8: So did you do it?
4: I did it, and it, well, a whole group of us all did it together. And and 110 mile an hour just held the cart right in the middle of the racetrack. It was really cool. And they had they had obviously done it before and knew what it would do, but that, that was uh, that was my first experience at Daytona. I thought it was a lot of fun.
8: SHR resigns Kurt Bush then you add Eric Almarola to the roster. And obviously you have Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer returning to the four-car stable. What does your team have in those four drivers that maybe another organization doesn't have? Well,
4: we got two drivers that have won championships already, which is a, a plus for sure. Um, you know, we have Kurt and, and Kevin who've obviously won their championships and, and know what it takes. Um, you got Clint Boyer who is... As long as there's not a squirrel or ball that runs in front of him, he can stay <laughs> focused for more than five minutes. But, you know, between Clint and Eric, I mean, you, you've got two guys that are just extremely hungry to, to be successful and to win races and to have an opportunity to win a championship. So, uh, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of two phases that we've got. We've got two guys that already know what it's like to win races and win championships, and Clint's won races and Eric's won a race. So, um, you know, they know what to do to win to win races, but two of those guys really haven't had a legitimate shot to win a championship yet, and that's uh, that's something that I'm excited that we hopefully can offer those guys.
8: A lot of people don't know, though, that you and Eric actually had a friendship before he moved over there, and I was talking to Eric early in the week, and he actually said, yeah, I actually used to sleep on Tony's couch. Yeah. How did that relationship begin?
4: Well, it was good as long as, uh, well— it began because of Joe Gibbs Racing. I was there, and and uh, Eric was a development driver with Joe Gibbs Racing, and that's how we met. But um, yeah, like Eric said, he used to sleep on the couch, and uh, you know, he's kind of like an angry bear. As long as there's <laughs> enough food to keep feeding him, he was fine. Uh, but he would literally, he would literally eat everything in my motorhome on a weekend. Um, until there was nothing left <laughs> and he's the skinniest guy I've ever seen it's like this kid has a family of tapeworms that live inside of him apparently <laughs> um, but you know we we have common interest um, you know his family in the past have raced dirt sprint cars uh, you know wing sprint cars like mm-hmm. I do now so uh, that was a common bond that we had right away and uh, you know I saw Eric's talent a long time ago and just knew that uh, it was a matter of him getting the right opportunity and uh, you know it's as a car owner, it's not always easy, you know. Opportunities come and go, but it's it's all about timing, uh, you know, from our standpoint. Because everybody's contracts are different; they end at different times. Uh, drivers that you have, their contracts end at different times. So, uh, you know, sometimes there's opportunities that you want that don't work out, not because you don't want them to, but just because the timing doesn't sure. work out. So, finally, the timing worked out to get Eric on board and. Uh, you know, I really think people are, are going to see an Eric Amarola that they haven't seen in the past.
8: You got engaged last Thanksgiving.
4: I had a weak moment.
8: Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's cause for celebration, though. <laughs> How did you pop the question to Penelope? How does Tony Stewart
4: I I literally was... Do it. The, we, we had her family from Mexico in, and her brother and, and sister-in-law and, and two nephews were there from uh, Long Beach. And... Um, my mother and stepfather and my dad and his girlfriend were there the only people that weren't there were my sister and brother-in-law and niece and nephew and they were uh, at, at my brother-in-law's families for thanksgiving so uh literally the night before thanksgiving i still didn't know exactly how i was going to do this i mean i knew when i was going to do mm-hmm. it but i just didn't know how i was going to do it so i my mom and i were talking and i was just really bummed out that my sister wasn't going to be there and and uh so I told her, I said, well, you know, maybe we can get them involved because I knew I was going to FaceTime them during, you know, my sister and I had talked about FaceTiming each other so we could all say hi to each other and she could say hi to everybody. And I thought, wow, that's a perfect opportunity to get them involved in this and, and make them feel like they're a part of it even though they're not there. So uh, so I, I got my sister and my niece and nephew involved in it and they, they actually helped out with it. Oh, wow. So um, it was, uh, the hard part was, you know, i I, I got down on one knee, which I got down on my bad knee, which is my right <laughs> oh, knee. Oh, no. And then during this whole process, when I, when I proposed to her, she, you know, was, I, I don't know, partially, I guess, in disbelief. I had really I had really thrown her for a loop the whole fall because we had went to Marco Andretti's wedding. We had went to another one of her friends' wedding that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd been to two weddings. And the last thing you can do is take a 39-year-old single woman to a wedding
8: and have her not think about weddings and proposals and, not and have engagements
4: her get sure frustrated with you because <laughs> she's like you never want to get married you never want to have kids and I'm I'm like well, why do we need to get married everything's great which i had already talked to her family i talked to her sure. mother and her father and her brother and so this was already planned out that we were going to do this at thanksgiving and uh, so i'm like why do we need to do this you know what everything's fine the way it is we don't need to get married so i was playing the total opposite and and um,
8: So needless to say, she, she was surprised. Yeah, she
4: had no clue it was coming. So, so I'm down on my right knee, and uh, literally over a minute goes by, and and she's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, and blah blah blah. And I'm sitting here with like every. The longer the time went, I'm sitting here going, oh boy, this is this is where she's gonna say, hey, maybe we should go out, go talk for a minute. And, oh gosh. Or you know, talk about just waiting or something like that. And uh, so my sister's still on Facetime. She goes, well, is it yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, oh my God! I mean, yes, yes. So um, I, I got off my knee finally, which was killing me at that point. But it How's, was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty exciting finish to to dinner.
8: Absolutely. How's the wedding plan going? Are you part of it, or absolutely. do you want to be part of it? Listen,
4: this is absolutely. i f- I figured it was hard enough for me to do my part, and I've put the wedding stuff on her part, and it is. This is absolutely a natural disaster on this wedding because. The one thing that I made her promise and agreed to is that it would not happen during racing season, because when we went to Marco Andretti's wedding, uh, I had a you race. had to miss yeah well, I had to miss a race at my track at Eldora, with my sprint car series, the All Star Circuit of Champions. I was going to drive, and I'm the car owner, so I was going to be the driver, the car owner, the series owner.
8: I don't and, know and how she owner. didn't know you were serious then.
4: Well, Marco's the one that actually introduced the two of us, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like we not only did we feel obligated to go, but I mean, Marco's a, a good friend and, and we wouldn't have missed it for the world anyway. But I told Marco, I said, you know, who books a wedding on a race weekend? <laughs> he goes, hey, bud, my, my my season ended a week ago. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. So so that was the promise that we that she made is that we would not get married during race season on, on a weekend. So um,
8: as long as that happens, you're happy.
4: I, I thought the date was pretty much narrowed down to two different weekends and... Then she threw a curveball at me yesterday and talked about a Wednesday wedding and <laughs> it's it's this is, it's turning and it's like a nightmare. It's like watching a horror movie for me because <laughs> it's the venue changes, the date changes, what she wants changes, and I'm like, just I finally told her the day I got so frustrated. I'm like, listen, just tell me where it is and what time I need to be there, and I'll be there. And I'll show up. Other off. than that, I'm I'm over it. She goes, so I can I can do what I want. I'm like. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know. I, I have to be somewhat involved because I know I know her mind and, and this, this wedding. I'll have to come out of retirement for 10 years to pay for this wedding if, <laughs> if I just turn her loose on it. So I'm going to have to somewhat be close enough to monitor this and make sure it doesn't get out of control.
5: That's Tony Stewart as he chatted with our Kim Coon over the weekend in Daytona. We've got so much more of this interview, and you can hear the rest of it on next week's NASCAR Live. Coming up next, we'll chat with the second-place finisher of the Daytona 500. Bubba Wallace will join us, and later, Austin Dillon stops by.
2: I'm not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that honey to bloom. And it get in my like sonic boom. No room so nice and I'm so 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 ready for that Outback Steak tonight Outback Steakhouse that's what it's all about Outback great the new NASCAR season at the new ISM raceway in Phoenix think it'll be loud nope louder think it'll be wild nope Wilder, You think you've seen it all? We're just getting started. Join the NASCAR Nation in Phoenix for the Ticket Guardian 500 race weekend, March 9th, 10th, and 11th. Find tickets from $30 now at ismraceway.com.
5: Daryl Bubba Wallace joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome
5: you back to NASCAR Live, continuing through on our weekly get-together. Joined now by the driver that finished second in the Daytona 500, driving the click-and-close Camaro for Richard Petty Motorsports, Bubba Wallace is on NASCAR Live. Bubba, welcome back to the show. How are you? How
3: are we doing, bud?
5: I'm doing fantastic. Not as good as you, though. What a run for you on Sunday in the great American race. Have you had a chance to decompress yet?
3: Oh, yeah. I uh, actually... Got home that night, and uh, I told a man on the plane. She's like, I can't wait to, um, I can't wait to uh, go home and go to sleep. And I'm like, I'm gonna be wired. I'll be up all night probably. And she looked at me like, oh man. And then I got home and I'm like, oh let's go to bed. I'm tired. So actually fell right to sleep. Got a great night of sleep. And uh, she had the day off yesterday. I had my schedule cleared um, yesterday. So we got to hang out and spend some time with each other away from the racetrack and just get used to it all again. And uh, we both realized that, okay, we're racing on Sunday. That means there's no off days after. I'm used to that Saturday schedule for a long time. But uh, but no, I'm good and, and refocused and ready to go for Atlanta. Well, before we get to the ending of
5: the race, I'd like you to walk me through Speed Weeks because Speed Week started with a lot of unknowns. Crew chiefs didn't know what to expect. Drivers didn't know what to expect. Where did you come from as far as comfort in the car on, say, qualifying day, a dual day to finally when you climbed aboard on sunday for the 500
3: yeah i you know for me i didn't i didn't know what to expect going into any of those days and um you know qualifying is qualifying and knowing i told myself no matter where we end up pole middle of the pack, last it doesn't matter everybody has a shot to win this uh win this race every time they enter it so um so knowing we were locked in that's what i was pumped about so Drew, we, we, we talked about it on pit road there before qualifying, and he, he called it. He said, I ah, will be about 20th or so. And uh, he said, That'll be fine. We'll, we'll uh, put the car away and go race on Thursday. And as soon as we ended up 25th, he was like, Okay, I'm going to go pound for an hour, then I'll be fine. And I'm like, Dude, <laughs> you're just going against everything we just said. But, um, <laughs> but no, that day was fine. And then going into the duels, um, I just had the mindset, and we all had the mindset let's just run every lap, let's, let's try our hardest to miss every wreck. If it's your fault, then learn from it. If it's not, do your best to stay out of it. And uh, we did that, and we, we – uh, I don't think there was – there may have been one or two wrecks that were nowhere near us. Everything else was – we were right in the middle of it. Somehow we got through. Uh, just uh, just an unreal experience for me to, to be able to be down there for my first day 2500 500, to be able to see myself Take a step back and and try to visualize what was going on inside the car throughout both races, and I was just so so relaxed, so uh, so calm, just looking and and trying to take everything in. And uh, I'd make a mistake, fall back a little bit, and fight my way back up through there, and uh, just never got over anxious. I got never never got over zealous to to want to be back up there and be leading and, and do all these certain things. I just was like, okay, we got, now it's one lap down. Here comes another one. Just took it lap by lap every time.
5: And as you clicked off those laps, I'm sure that you were getting indications about what the car was capable of when it was put in certain positions. At what point in the race did you say, now, wait a minute, if we get hooked up here, we've really got something for them.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, that last restart, Well, I didn't know. I didn't think it'd be the last restart. I thought we'd have at least six more, looks like that Xfinity race. Um, but, uh, I spotter, Freddie, we had the 22 behind me. So I went back and watched last six laps yesterday and I was side drafting the 37 pretty hard and wasn't watching my mirror hard enough. And I seen just my mirror full of yellow. So I freaked out thinking that he was going to leave me and go around me because he had to run to me. So I made an evasive move. And if you go back and watch it there coming to the white, I get all sideways, just trying to keep him behind me, which at the end of the day, he was going to stay with me the whole time. So. Uh, that was something for me to learn and to remember uh, but knowing when you got the 22 behind you um, that you can you can go somewhere so he gave me a good shove he gave me a good shove all the way up to the three car and I got him out there a little bit then him and the 10 car made contact and I stayed in it I stayed in it there and we we raced door to door with the 11 car all the way back around and we come home second so that was uh, that was
6: awesome. more with Bubba Wallace next.
5: All admirers of the King Richard Petty, the SDP Pontiac. We have the place for you Celebrate the life and career of NASCAR's all-time win leader Richard Petty. Uh,
8: the head came about in the late 70s. From
5: the legend behind the King's famous crown to thrills and spills that the Hall of Famer had over the years.
2: Petty is sliding slamming into the wall.
5: It's Richard Petty's road to royalty and it's available for free to download on iTunes and MRN.com right now More with Bubba Wallace next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: We welcome you back to NASCAR Live, chatting with the second-place finisher of the Daytona 500 Sunday at Daytona International Speedway. Bubba Wallace joining us here on NASCAR Live. Bubba, what was it like the morning of the 500?
3: Yeah, that, um, you know, to be able to experience that, I was pulled and had eight or so beaten greets saturday or sunday morning wow uh followed up by driver's meeting and I, I got to i got to sit down after the driver's meeting and crank up some music and was like all right here we go getting a little bit overwhelmed here calm down calm down everything's fine you know we got a couple hours for the race but i got out of my clothes put in some comfy clothes and and just was able to relax there in the bus and and I think having that bus helped out so much with the emotions and the excitement level, just being able to contain it all and uh, keep my uh, keep my focus, you know, at the top. And uh, so I did get overwhelmed before we got in the car, but that was for a split second, and then it was time to go race after that, so everything was fine.
5: I'm just curious, when you went back to the bus and you put on some music, what would you listen to?
3: Oh, I listen to the heavy stuff. You know me. The, 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 <laughs> the opposite of what you think you need, I, I turned it on.
5: No smooth jazz. You just went straight for the hard stuff, huh?
3: Exactly. Straight for the hard stuff.
5: Well, you uh, you you responded well, and you responded for the king, Richard Petty. Uh, the 43 ran well, obviously, on Sunday. But you also took along some, uh, some good folks for the ride as well, click and close. They're a partner with us here at MRN. They're a partner on your 43 car Sunday in the 500. We've been talking all week about you know what they're doing with Victory Junction and the various promotions and the like. What were the folks at Click and Close like to work with over Speed Weeks?
3: Oh, they were so fun. You know, having having Wayne, the CMO from Click and Close, having Jeff, the man from Mid Mortgage America, allowing us all to do it. Uh, the top dog, uh, he come in, and you know what's so what's so cool about that is, you know, they have no idea about NASCAR. Wayne is a racer; he gets it a little bit. Jeff was just like, okay, wait, I'm I'm giving you the reins here, and uh, let's see what can happen. So they come into it, had their family down, um, and they were just taking it all in and asking lots of questions, lots of great questions, just trying to figure out more, and um, and just trying to just trying to know more about it. And so for them to be there and to witness their first or be a part of their first Daytona 500 and allow me to carry their colors. On our number 43, uh, it was just a, a dream come true for them, I believe. Uh, yes, we all wanted to win that race, but I think we did win that race by finishing second. Just by all the coverage we got, all the attention we got, all the stories that had come out, You know, they. I think this was well beyond what they expected. Uh, so hopefully we can build off that and grow more because we already have a great relationship going. So you know, that's what it's about these days. You get that partner that, that wants to last and, and be a part and make an impactful stand on this sport. Uh, they they did it right you know they 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 took the they bit the bullet to hey, we want to be on your dates on a five hundred car and we uh we went out there and made the most of it for them
5: and of course, in case you're wondering, click and Close is the official mortgage provider of NASCAR. We saw you come in the media center, saw a lot of emotion out of you. We saw um your mother um come and give you a big old hug and and there was that outpouring of emotion that you had, and in that outpouring, you talked about the struggle that you've been through. Can you give us some insight what that struggle has been like for you and then to be able to take that struggle and then elevate the performance that you had to the runner-up spot Sunday in Daytona?
3: Yeah, I wish I could say all that emotion was just for good TV. Uh, I I have a good acting career, but that was me. That was all uh, pure and raw emotion there and just uh, overwhelmed with, you know, what all was going on, just being able to take in and contain and, and manage all the emotions from excitement to scared to not knowing, uncertainty, everything underneath that, all of that stuff mixed in. That's what was coming out there at the end. And you uh, know, I figured out why I was crying so much. Um, my golf cart club card sent over a uh, sweet golf cart for us to use, and uh, for the year. And it was, um, it was, it has the radio in there. So throughout my appearances. I was playing some Chris Stapleton, right? A little bit softer. Everybody mm-hmm. knows a little bit of Chris Stapleton, and then that some <laughs> that song that's called "Sometimes I Cry" was on, and I think that's what got it. That's what that's where all those tears came from, just from that song. It just made perfect sense. <laughs> but uh, but just from from looking back on last year, and going into Daytona, yeah, we're racing at Homestead. No one that we probably weren't is is just you know just was, was tough to swallow each and every time I said it. Um, and so now being able to come out of that year of sitting on the sidelines since Chicago, so September, mid-September, um, going to a couple – I don't think I went to any races after that. So I hadn't been to the racetrack since September. Went to my first Vegas test and was a kid at a candy store. Like I, It was my first time climbing in a race car just because it had been so long. And so that was, that was a lot of excitement built up from there. Then going into the 500, just telling myself over and over again to not let the highs get too high here. Um, don't get frustrated at a dumb move you make as long as you're still right side up, four wheels are digging straight, no wrecks, you're still good. You still got a shot. And I think by all of that, I, I added a lot of that pressure uh, from myself just to do good, which was fine. It all came out after and uh just to be able to come home second was was like are you kidding me it was one of those deals like like you know how Trevor Bain sounded when he won the Daytona 500 I just felt like I sounded the same way after finishing second so I can only imagine if we could have won that thing
5: nothing wrong with showing a little emotion well we congratulate you on your great performance in the Daytona 500 all the best at Atlanta and points forward in 2018 my friend
3: all right I thank you I appreciate it but have a good day Mike
5: That's Bubba Wallace driving the click-and-close Chevrolet for Richard Petty Motorsports to a second-place finish Sunday in the Daytona 500. Hey, folks, don't forget MRN.com has a new podcast series called The 1993 Season 25 Years Later. We'll give you a preview of that coming up next and later. Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon will join us. Ladies and gentlemen, a
2: new NASCAR
5: Fantasy Live is back. For a new season and new victories.
0: Start your engine!
2: Newly engineered with a new format. New ways to win. New ways to compete. And new ways to earn yourself the title of NASCAR Fantasy Champion. Visit nascar.com fantasy today to sign up, pick your drivers, and compete for the win. So who you ride them with? NASCAR Fantasy Live. On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. The Detroit DD-13, DD-15, and DD-16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com. MRN has you covered with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series
5: this weekend from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Live coverage of the Active Pest Control 200 will start at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Kim Kuhn has a social
2: media minute next.
5: This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to
5: Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Kim Kuhn joins us now for this week's Social Media Minute. Kim, what's everyone saying?
8: Well, Mike, obviously everyone is posting and tweeting and talking about the Daytona 500. It was the 60th annual running, and it did not disappoint, especially the ending. We saw the three-car back in victory lane 20 years after Dale Earnhardt's emotional win there in 1998. And everybody's celebrating Austin Dillon's win, including the town of Welcome where RCR Shop is. It was really cool if you go to RCR Twitter, at Racing. They have this cool post that just says, Home is where the heart is, with kind of a blushing face. And it's all these different photos of marquee signs where local shops, restaurants, schools have taken to those signs to congratulate Austin in the number three sign. And it was just heartwarming. And I thought that was one of my favorite tweets I saw um, this week. And then... Everybody's also talking about Bubba Wallace. What a great finish he had in the Daytona 500. Finished second in the 43 card for Richard Petty Motorsports. We obviously saw his raw emotion in his post-race interview. But then he did something really cool. He made a special stop when he got home to North Carolina. He stopped by the old Dale Earnhardt Ink shop, and he threw up a three sign for the photo. You can see it on Twitter. Just go to Bubba's Twitter handle, at Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. He said, it just felt right to stop by DEI on the way home. Number three, congrats, Austin Dillon. Hashtag legends never die. And the photo is so cool. You have to check it out. Bubba in front of the shop throwing up the three, and he's got his Richard Petty Motorsports shirt on. So I think that was another of my favorite tweets after the Daytona 500. But what an incredible finish. People are still talking about it. Let us know what you think of the Daytona 500, as well as those tweets I mentioned. You can tweet us using hashtag ask mrn and follow us at mrn radio
5: thank you kimmy by the way great work during speed weeks mrn.com has a brand new podcast series starting today called the 1993 season 25 years later this is a 10-part series that's going to take you through the entire season with names like jeff gordon mark martin dale jarrett bobby labani and all the others that were a part of that special year we promise You'll hear stories you've never heard before. This week's show is all about the off-season and Daytona Speed Weeks.
1: The last time Dale Earnhardt was in the Bush Clash two years ago, he started last, won the first segment, dropped back to last, and won the clash again.
3: Listen, you can watch that race as much as you want to. They cheated their ass off, and that's the (laughs) end of the conversation. Okay? That's how simple it is, okay? I'm not gonna give him any credit for that. It's a non-points race. It's all about
6: money.
0: Earnhardt's back in the clash, and he's back in victory lane. Dale Earnhardt wins the Busch
6: Clash. Okay, I promise you, it was not the car. Uh, I've, I've seen this, I'd seen him do this prior to 1993 you know and i i would stand on top of the truck watch these shootout racing come from the back to the front and i'm sitting there there's no way he's not cheating that that team has got to be cheating to be able to do that right there's no way anybody can do that
0: another of the max race cards rookie of the year contenders kenny wallace of st louis missouri starts 24th
4: i remember the daytona 500 very well i remember first of all in those days you had to make races you know and it was it was a pretty scary moment for me I ended up making the race, you know, by running, you know, competitively in the Twin 125 at that time, and uh, making the Daytona 500 was monumental. It was a big deal. Here they come off
0: turn number four, Dale Jarrett's got the lead. He goes to the inside. Earnhardt's not going to get him. Dale Jarrett is going to win the Daytona 500 by STP. Well, Joe Gibbs is here. i
5: that these guys, I don't know what they do in football, but they're attacking each other here.
2: Yeah, I remember Joe telling me later, he said, I thought, oh, heck, this isn't so hard. Uh, you know, we've, we've been able to do this. Found out later that it was much more difficult, but uh, I think that he was just so, so thrilled. Uh, he had his family there. and to know that uh, we were able to put this together with all the hard work and effort that that this what was considered a small race
4: team at that time
5: that is from a brand new podcast series called the 1993 season 25 years later it's free to download and you can do it now at mrn.com and on itunes coming up next your 2018 daytona 500 champion austin dillon
7: Join MRN as we travel through the life of NASCAR's most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway, leading the pack.
1: I won races that I never thought I'd win. From
7: growing up under the Earnhardt name to Super Speedway wins to Whiskey River, we dive into everything Dale Jr. He's brain man for NASCAR history. You know, we weren't the typical family that got to sit down to dinner together. Tune in to Junior's Journey, available on iTunes for download only on the Motor Racing Network.
2: Mayhem, a state of havoc, pandemonium, bedlam, or madness. The and Keselowski tangle. Kurt Borscht slams the inside wall. Then he goes up the racetrack, and here comes Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Oh, Elliott spin! Mayhem, what happens at Martinsville. Tickets are on sale now for the STP 500 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race on March 25th. Call 877-RACETICS or visit martinsvillespeedway.com to purchase yours. Martinsville Speedway, the half mile of mayhem.
5: Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are
5: joined now by the winner of the 60th running of the Daytona 500. Austin Dillon is back on NASCAR Live. Austin, welcome back and congratulations.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm uh, out here in New York City. Uh, it's it's a pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Uh, media car wash that you go through but uh it's i don't know what's going on still i'm still um, trying to let it sink in i haven't gotten emotional yet and i'm sure that's coming at
3: some point
5: and that's what i was going to ask you minus the emotions the sinking in of what you did on sunday i'm sure that there's been a lot of energy not only with you but the race team and your grandfather i mean when you take a look back and when you when you flashback at what you did on Sunday, it was quite impressive, right place, right time. I know how it looked from where we took it in and we described it here on MRN, but when you're on the one to go and you're coming to the green flag and you're trying to figure out where you need to be, what was your mental process like? Were the were the thoughts a mile a minute? Were you trying to mop, uh, map out scenarios and the like? What was going through your head there?
1: Well, you know, you yeah. I'm just trying not to mess up, truthfully. Uh, When you're sitting there in a great spot, you don't want to screw up on a restart, give up uh, too much track and let somebody split you three wide. Um, Just trying to do the fundamentals at that point. It's really easy to screw up in that situation by overthinking it or just messing up. So um, I got through the gears good. Uh, Remember, I needed to side draft the 11 hard, and we side drafted him through – think three and four coming to the white and uh, I was like okay we're, we're good through here um we go into turn one and he kind of runs up the track it pushes us up the track which is which is a little bit of a blessing for us really you know and he had to do that to side draft me to keep me from going forward but it also made Bubba have a huge run off of turn two to my back bumper because it had a big pocket of air up there by the wall so um uh, when that happens um Bubba's just got this huge push coming, and the only place he can go is into my back bumper, and when he hit me, I mean, it was like I was shot out of cannon.
5: And is that what propelled you into Eric there in turn three?
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, cleared the 11 was the first thing to make sure I get to get cleared through the 11. I clear down, um, the ten, then uh, comes low, because I was kind of thinking I was going to go low at that point. Um, when he gets low, the block, I, I only other thing I can do is turn right, left, and I was already against them. Uh, so it either turns me into the field or I lift. Um, so, and at that point, I don't care who you are. You can't lift everybody. in the last couple restarts, you, um, you run wide open through there and hope you make it out the other side.
5: When you came out of turn four and you realized that you had broken free of the field, what was going through your mind? What is that feeling like to know that you're about to cross the start-finish line and win the Daytona 500?
1: Man, it's—I uh, didn't think it happened. I was just—I kept. If you watch me in the video, I just keep driving. I'm like, uh, I hope this thing's over, but I'm not going to lose it by lifting and uh, <laughs> thinking it's over. So I drive all the way down the backstretch, like, "Hey, did we win?" And Houston already said it, but I didn't believe him. And then the caution lights flew on, and that's when I knew. We, we had won, and, uh, and I'm just freaking out, and everything is crazy at that point.
5: Chatting with Austin Dillon, winner of the Daytona 500. Austin, this means a lot to your grandfather because 20 years ago, Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona 500 in the number three car, the last time the three car won at Daytona. Um, have you had a chance to share some thoughts and some moments with, uh, with, with, with your grandfather, Richard Childress, since you took the checkered flag?
1: Yeah, we got to fly back to North Carolina before we went to New York City and just listen to him and Andrew Petrie talk about how excited they were and how awesome it was. You know, we're Daytona 500 champions. And to get that back from my grandfather, you know, to put him back where I feel like he belongs is top of the sport. And, um, to just give him another trophy and another feather in his hat, man. He's done so much in the sport to now um, take his grandson to become a Daytona 500 champion. Um I'm sure he's proud, and he's still got more that he wants to accomplish.
5: Tom on Twitter wants to know, what is the best piece of advice your grandfather's ever given you?
1: <laughs> when in doubt, stay in the gas. <laughs> that is no lie from my grandfather. Was, I watched him flip a trophy truck Robbie Gordon brought to the farm one time, and I thought, my gosh, he's hurt because it was just a huge smoke. Like he, I thought he flipped. It was on like two wheels, so we for sure thought he was already on his on his roof. And he came out the other side through the smoke, the dirt and everything, and he comes over like, man, what happened? And he's like, well, I lost it, but when in doubt, you just stay in the gas. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I took that for his vice.
5: Mike on Twitter wants to know, if you had the chance to race against any driver in NASCAR history, who would it be and why?
1: Wow, that's a, a tough one, man. There's so many legends in our sport, and um, I got to ra- race with a Bunch of them with Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, and it's just uh, Tony Stewart. Uh, but I would say uh, I think it'd be awesome to be on the track with Dale Senior. I think just to be on the track with him on there would be awesome. And Richard Petty, the same. I mean, the King is cool anytime he walks through the garage. I love I love seeing him.
5: King's a rock star, no doubt. And of course, his car finished second on Sunday to you as well. I gotta ask. I know you left Daytona on Sunday night, Monday morning, actually. Uh, You headed up to New York, which is where you are right now. What do they have you doing in New York today, and what do you have coming up by the time you leave New York and get to Atlanta on Thursday?
1: Well, at the moment, um, we're getting ready to have lunch here. I think you're holding my lunch up, truthfully. But um, after that, we go to the Stock Exchange. We were on live this morning with Kelly and Ryan. They were really cool. Ryan uh, was really interested in racing, but I didn't have much time to talk to him because they were still going on with the show, but it was cool talking to them. Um, later on in the week, I'm not sure what I have going on. I think Wednesday I'm at the race hub on Fox uh, with all my guys, teams, team going to be there. It's going to be RCR day pretty much for race hub. And then after that, heck, I don't know. Um, go to Atlanta, go race. And when you get I'm there, the of course, this weekend.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You know, this, this week is is going to be very fast, but it's also Daytona's in the rearview mirror. You get to Atlanta. The RCR cars ran well at Daytona. What do the RCR cars have in the arsenal here for the intermediate track on the first outing of a track of a mile and a half in nature?
1: A lot of excitement, man. We got the Camaro Z01, and it's uh, showed some promise already, so we're, we're pumped for it. At Vegas, Newman had a really good test, so I'm looking forward to my first time in a mile and a half in one
5: congratulations my friend on winning the Daytona 500 all the best points forward hey you're locked into the playoffs you're in the all-star race you're in the clash a lot of implement a lot of implications to this win Sunday for you yeah man it's uh it's
1: pretty amazing now we got to go uh have a great season and finish it off and win some more races.
5: there you go and we'll turn you loose I know you're busy in New York City we'll see you this weekend in Atlanta okay thanks boy. That's Austin Dillon, the winner of the 60th Daytona 500. Coming up next, we'll take you back on This Week in NASCAR History, and we'll preview this weekend's race in the ATL.
6: This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs. Did you know that with the loan tool program at AutoZone, you can borrow a specialty tool with no purchase necessary? Choose from over 100 tools to help you get the job done right, no matter how big or small. And right now, get 5.25 ounces of Luca's Complete Field Treatment for $4.99 each, or two for $8.00 visit any of our 5000 locations nationwide and let's get you what you need deposit required restrictions and details in store
7: get in the zone. Auto zone. welcome back
2: to sports view next topic is it really all about power makes me think of progressives name your price tool gives you the power to find options based on your budget let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy
0: man back in the day people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate? They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are oh, there 6, seven, twelve, fifteen, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We
2: get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Getting ready to
5: take it to the house on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. But before we do... We'll give you a preview of this weekend's race at Atlanta. But first, let's take a step back in time with another edition of This Week in NASCAR History. Today, we start in 1977. Manfred Mann's Earth Band has the number one song with Blinded by the Light. The Space Shuttle Enterprise made its first test flight on top of a 747 jetliner. And NASCAR was in Daytona for the 19th running of the Daytona 500 that day, it was Kale Yarborough dominating the great American race.
3: By the light. Both feet buried into the firewall, the Holly Farm Chevrolet into turn number four for the final time this afternoon. Kale Yarbrough in front, he has a strong advantage as he heads to UK.
2: Down to the line, Junior Johnson prepared car. Junior the winner in 1960 has seen Cale Yarborough carry his colors to victory. The Holly Farm Chevrolet has won the Daytona 500. Cale was waving as he came across the line at 183 miles an hour. Jump
5: forward to 1994, Ace of Base is number one with The Sign. On Saturday Night Live, comedian Martin Lawrence made lewd comments during his monologue, prompting the show to ban him for life. And NASCAR was running the 36th edition of the Daytona 500. This time it was Sterling Marlin picking up his first Cup Series victory in the biggest one of them all.
0: Sterling's got a car length trying to put a dream behind him. He will win his first Winston Cup race. He tried since 1976 and Sterling Marlin has won the Daytona 500, his first Winston Cup victory and the celebration will be
5: non-stop on pit road for the Morgan McClure team. And we end this week in 2005, the Lost Lonely Boys have the number one song with Heaven. YouTube was launched in the United States and at Daytona International Speedway, Jeff Gordon was going to victory lane for the third and final time in the Daytona 500. How
0: far
4: is heaven? Lord, can you tell me? Jeff Gordon leads the way off turn four looking for his sixth Daytona win. Kurt Busch looks one time to the inside, can't make the move. Jeff Gordon is the 2005 Daytona 500 champion.
5: And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. Before we wrap this week's show, Susie Armstrong is here with a preview of this weekend's race in Atlanta.
7: Well, thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series heads to Georgia this week for the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Fresh off a fourth-place finish in the Daytona 500, Joey Logano hopes to keep the top-five momentum alive as he attempts to capture his first victory on the 1.5-mile oval.
3: Once you kind of get the the gist of what it takes to go around Atlanta you can start to fine tune it and and adjust your car to it and try to catch up, I guess, and, and now I look at Atlanta as one of our best racetracks, where it was probably my worst racetrack, so um, kind of cool to, to be able to see that evolve, um, and what a fun racetrack, anyway. I mean, it's bumpy, it's rough, it's, you know, you're all over the place out there. It's a fun racetrack for us to go around.
7: Recouping from a dismal Daytona, five-time Atlanta winner Jimmy Johnson worries not about the challenging racing surface, and finds that the imperfections suit his racing style to a tee.
1: I've always shined on tracks that are rougher, and the, uh, the tire falloff is higher. Um, just with my dirt and off-road background, it seems to, to, to suit me well. Um, it's also been really good for, for Chad, and Chad really understands mechanical grip. Um, that compromise between mechanical and aero and has always given me a great race car there.
7: Seeking his second Atlanta Top 5, Georgia native Chase Elliott is riding high on the track's Good Luck Charm promotion hearkening back to a similar campaign for his father, Bill, in 1983.
1: Yeah, with our, our Lucky Charm uh, picture. Yeah, that was a cool cool idea for sure. I hope I hope it brings some luck. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my dad had a... They did a, a picture of him, and he basically had all these good luck charm token, you know, things, and uh, he, he won a race there shortly thereafter. So my friends at the Atlanta Motor Speedway had this idea to recreate that photo so i hope it brings some magic we'll see the
7: folds of honor quick trip 500 takes the green this sunday afternoon at atlanta motor speedway just after 2 p.m eastern for this week's nascar live race preview i'm Susie armstrong Thank you, Susie. Race weekend number
5: two coming up this weekend. And, of course, Motor Racing Network will be there with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Check out MRN.com for the preview of this weekend's racing for the trucks in the ATL. We'd like to thank Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon for joining us. Also, second-place finisher Bubba Wallace and Cup Series champion Tony Stewart for stopping by. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. We'll talk to you next week
2: right here. So long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Five-hour
0: energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes.
1: Oh, my old bell bottoms.
0: Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down.